stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hey there, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. I am your host with the most G-Man. First and foremost, I want a very big thank you to Renee from Nerd It Down for being our guest host in the last episode. Now, if you thought he had a sexy voice on the last episode and you want to hear more of this man, then check out his podcast where the discussion, the discussions, movies, games, and TV shows. So get some nerd knowledge on Nerd It Down and tune in on Podbean. And with that, let's welcome our guest host for this episode. I've known this man for about nine, maybe ten years. Please give a warm ear to Gabriel Samaniego. Gabriel, thank you for taking the time to join us as we embark on some knowledge of the paranormal together. Before we start, though, I have some questions I wanted to ask you uh, to kind of help lead us into today's subject. So first off, tell us a little about yourself. All right. Well, since we're on the, the uh, topic of paranormal, I believe, I believe in the paranormal. I don't always go looking for it, though. I like spiders. I think that ghosts should just do what they do, and spirits the same. And as long as I don't walk into them, I'm not going to have a problem. <laughs> that's a good. That's good to know. Well, that defeats my second question of uh, asking whether you believe in the possibility of ghosts. So let me ask you this: Do you believe in divination? I'd have to say, yeah, I do believe. In fact. What can I say? <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. There's a lot of people out there today who are very skeptical about divination. Um, they're always trying to prove whether or not this is a real thing. So it's understandable to uh, not have much insight on it, but at the same time have that belief about it. And so that actually, that's what this episode's main focus is on. Now, this episode was about water ITC, but in doing the research, I found that this subject is under the category of divination. Stay with me now. ITC, or Instrumental Transcommunication, is using technology to be able to make contact with the beyond. But in order to understand ITC and its functions to the paranormal, I had to do some digging, and what I found astonished me. You see, when I first encountered Water ITC, I was on a social media page. Someone had taken a picture of what was water in a pot. Now, at first, I thought this was some sort of like uh, artist, you know, uh, expressing oneself or maybe even some sort of like hoax. Uh, but that's not the case here. In these pictures, there were faces coming out of the water, not like popping out, but more like just making themselves appear in the water from certain angles of light that are hitting the water. So. Some even had like another clear picture next to the water to give you a better sense of what you were seeing. One example is, is that there was a pot of water. Someone was taking a bunch of pictures with it. And one of the pictures that came out pretty much looked identical to a, a photo of Vincent Van Gogh. It was one of those like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Squint your eyes. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, if you really look at those pictures and the details of Van Gogh, of Vincent Van Gogh and the water picture, I mean, there's a lot of similarities and details that pop out to where it kind of makes you go, 
I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Gabe? I think there are some truths to it. There's definitely some truths. I do as well think that there are those who are out there just uh, fame seekers, to be honest. It's it's just hard to determine between the two without actually being a witness to the event. But I do believe that there are people out there. And just because there are those who who are seeking, you know, some sort of recognition for for whatever, they kind of ruin the the true believers and the... uh, the true events that are out there. I've heard of it. I've, uh, I watch videos on it. I, I, I do believe that this is something that, um, can truly be a medium for, you know, viewing beyond if anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, like any curious person, I left a comment on that social media page that I, that I found, uh, asking what I was looking at. And within a matter of seconds, I kid you not seconds, I got a reply back with the words water ITC. What didn't occur to me was the level of information this subject led to. Now, you, the listener, you may already know about this subject. uh, And if you do, please go on to the social media pages and share your comments. Let us know what you know about Water ITC. So when it comes to learning something new, Gabriel, what do you usually do when when you're learning something new, whether it's paranormal or anything else? Um, like anybody else, do research first. I'll go ahead and uh, just do a YouTube search, Wikipedia search, Google search, just to get some ideas, some some a better insight on what I'm looking at, determine if it's something that I, I find interesting enough to continue. Uh, and then from there, just you know, perhaps do some reading on it. I'll, maybe I'll rent a book, look up uh, an audio book or something, just try to get some more information, under, better understand what I'm looking at, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, absolutely. Doing what you got to do. You know, when it comes to learning uh, something new in the paranormal world, I find that locating the definition of what I'm looking for useful. In this case, I found two. It turns out that ITC is referred to the use of electronic equipment. Now, with the use of audio and video to help establish some sort of communication with the beyond, you could say that the that the use of today's equipment is more... It's, it's a more modern take on the subject that we'll be discussing called scrying. So... I know Gabriel. I had I, we had talked beforehand, and I wanted you to get some information about scrying. But when I said the word scrying, before you even looked into information on it, what was the first thing that popped in your head? Actually, I had no no insight on it, just because uh, that was a word that I had not heard. But of course, once I started looking up, I was like, oh, okay, so that's scrying. You know what's crazy is a lot of people have never heard the word scrying. They've heard the word divination, mm-hmm. um, but they've never heard of the word scrying, which actually is in the same realm scrying is is a form of divination um funny note here i actually thought scrying meant scary crying but clearly yeah yeah, that that clearly was not the case though (laughs) so well let me uh stop scrying (laughs) what you scrying about so let me just give you a little history here scrying also known as seeing or peeping is the ancient practice of gazing into reflective surfaces to receive knowledge of the future. While there is no promise of a straight answer, rumor has it that you may get more present moment information. Now, scrying, as such any form of divination, has its ancient origins coming from about every corner of the world. With the revived European interests, scrying can be traced back between the medieval and Renaissance period. This was due to new interest in, and I kid you not, magical philosophy. It sounds like a Harry Potter type of reference. 
It was. It, it was exactly <laughs> I wonder that. if J.K. Rowling used it. <laughs> but you got interest in magical philosophy. Now, cultures and people who have been said to have practiced different forms of scrying include the Hindu, Greeks, Egyptians, Nostradamus, ancient Persia, and I kid you not, the Mormon prophet Joseph Smith. And if you don't believe me, check out www.tokenrock.com for more information on that. Gabriel, can you recall the last dream or any dream that you had? Yes, I was. I thought there was more to that question. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I okay. How about this follow up question then? Do you believe that dreams have meanings? I do. Well, uh, to expand on it, um, I think that uh, more than just supernatural, I think that there is a, a mental element to to dreaming. Uh, you know, our subconscious will pick up on subtleties in uh, in in our workplace, in our world, and and just that's energy that's that's you know the building up into your own your own body whether it be something that you're completely aware of or not and uh while you're you're sleeping it processes and of course along with that does come a sense of uh paranormal paranormality just because you're absorbing all this information and uh, you reflect on it within your dream so there is some sort of element that you know is beyond just what we can really explain there are ties that connect us to uh, the world beyond, uh, not just uh, physically, but existentially. I asked this earlier, but do you recall any dreams that you've had like recently? Sure. Again, for one specific, the, there's quite a few. Uh, I'm very, um, my, my dream life is kind of livid in a sense. I'm, <laughs> it's very vivid. So I would say that one of the oddest ones, I was back at my old job over at Applebee's and this was very recent and I haven't been at Applebee's for nine years. I remember when you worked there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And oddly enough, I kept on fe feeling that I was still working there and I was doing a part time job and never actually got anything done. It was just horrible. Um, but, uh, you know. Not getting into too much detail, but uh, I recently found out that one of the managers there at Applebee's, he just passed away. Uh, I literally found out just in the last couple of days. So it's, you know, like I mentioned, there is some sort of uh, unconscious um, absorption of information because, you know, for me just to start dreaming about Applebee's all of a sudden, just the work that's there just felt like nothing was able to get done. It kind of uh, was really... Um, I guess a little almost nerve wracking just because hmm. he recently just passed away um, from MS. You know, oh, that's been, man. And uh, so I just found out. Yeah. And um, there's something that kind of just drew it there. And so it's just uh, surprising. So, yeah, uh, I do believe in the connection between uh, our worldly observations and how we pick up those those messages. And obviously within our dreams, we we process them. If something comes up, even if we don't recognize what it is, there's something out there that's telling us to, you know, you know, give us an insight into why we're, we're actually dreaming what we dream. Absolutely. You know, the, um, the funny thing about, about dreams is that the interpretation that we get from it usually then correlates to what's going on in our life. The, the, the studies that I have uh, read about and when it comes to dreams, uh, especially like falling dreams, when they, right. they say that when you have falling dreams, it's usually because there's something going on in your life uh, that you have no control over. Because, you know, when you fall, you really don't have any control of when you fall, whether you get pushed, whether you fall out of something or you fall down or, you know, tip over on the chair. It's just you have no control of that. And so there's there's this whole idea that when you're falling in your dream, like I remember specifically having a dream three weeks ago, actually, I had a falling dream where I was just 
on a hike in the hills and for some reason the hill cut off and I found this plank that goes across like a bridge and I decided to walk on it and as I'm walking on it I can feel myself just tipping and falling and I I hate those dreams because you wake up sure. yeah. you know either sweaty or or, or freaked out um, be the bed exactly <laughs> So, yeah, there's and you know, it's funny too. the ancient Egyptians believed in the power of dreams. Mm -hmm. The belief was that their dreams were messages from their many gods. Now, I don't know if you recall, they have a lot of uh, different gods that they I do. Yeah, that they had worship. The method of dream scrying dates back over 5000 years and and actually are recorded. These records can be found in ancient texts, hieroglyphic writings. It's crazy is that if you look at hieroglyphic writings today, you never would have guessed that all of all of what you're seeing is a dream interpretation or some sort of, um, you know, their, their belief in that and what their message is that they're trying to give out. Another practice form of scrying from the ancient Egyptians was a vessel filled with oil. Now, it goes that once the vessel was filled, a young boy was called forward to look into the oil while invoking the names of their seven gods seven times. This was done to be able to foresee the future. This kind of goes back to the last episode, which was this ghost story that we had. If you want to recall that, please check out the last episode in which my guest co-host had brought up an interesting fact that children seem to create a strong enough energy about them. Gabriel, do you think that is a possibility? That children create some sort of energy that that spirits are drawn to? Sure, and actually wouldn't so much say as they create it as much as they emit what they actually already have. I think over time, uh, as we grow, we develop, those energies are displaced in other other areas. Our minds develop into uh, different facets. We start learning different things. I believe that with younger, you know, children, uh, because they're still developing, they don't really have much in much sense in uh, trying worldly possessions, worldly things. I, you know, sure, a kid will want a toy, and, and you know, but they're fixated on that one item. As adults, we're looking for, you know, better pay. We're looking for homes, a good relationship, car. We have so many different things that our energies are just so displaced. But for children, it's more pure. It's more, uh, more uh, concentrated. So I do feel that they they have a better connection with uh, the paranormal, with the the other worldly things that are out there. So it is. I I would say that it is possible for them, or more possible for them to be more open to these sorts of things. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what's wild about the idea of a child giving off an energy for a spirit to be able to attach itself to it. I find it, I still find it to be very fascinating. And I think I will always find it to be very fascinating, actually. Going back to, of course, the ghost story, we had um, a woman who, Christina, whose daughter, uh, a spirit was around, hanging around the daughter. And so my thoughts on it more was that the daughter just was, you know, giving off an energy that that the spirit liked. Um, Whether it was good or or bad is still to be determined, but at the same time, but it is a scary thing. It is scary because, you know, children, you know, like I have kids. You know this. I have kids, and it's kind of scary if my kid says like there's a monster in the closet, or you know there's something under my bed. Because as an adult doing the studies of the paranormal, you start to kind of go, oh no, I hope this isn't you know something that's happening to my child or whatnot. Um, right. So it's 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 a fascinating fascinating thing. So here's something for you. Did you know that there are other ways of scrying? I did. Awesome. So traditionally, scrying is performed with the use of reflective surfaces, not to say that these other forms don't involve reflective surfaces. A crystal ball and mirror are not the only ways 
to do scrying. We've got wax. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen this happen? Actually, like, have you ever seen this before? Wax? I've, yeah. I've oh, seen that's it. awesome. That's awesome. So, listener, the, the the wax here is this is done by dripping wax into a water surface. The scryer then interprets the image or words formed from the wax. This is also known as creomancy. I've only seen it, I think, twice in my life where somebody was dipping, the, uh, pouring the wax in the water. And, drip, right? Yeah. And like let, letting the person know about their not really their future, but more of like kind of what is to come in that present moment. Also, like things to expect or to look for. Uh, you said you saw it before. Yeah. Where did you see it at? Online. You know, like I said, uh, when I get into, you know, different topics, when I learn about things, I happen to come across a, a just a video. Someone was you know, pouring wax into a bowl and interpreting it and thought it was interesting. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I think, let's see, the first time was in Georgia. The second time, I want to say it was actually here in LA is where I saw it. We got cloud scrying or pareidolia involves observing clouds and shapes the shapes they form. This form of practice is used to gather special information such as messages and unfolding stories. To collaborate with something that I thought about actually when reading this about clouds, uh, I remember as a kid, do you, I don't know if you remember doing this, but as a kid, go outside after the rainstorm had passed, but it's still cloudy outside, and just like laying on the ground and looking at the clouds and going, oh, that's a dragon, or that's a giant baby, or you know, that's a duck with a cane or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did that when it was still raining, too. <laughs> that looks like a flood of clouds. Right, yeah. Why, they're so gray. They're gray clouds. That means it's going to continue raining. <laughs> but um, yeah, so as a kid, I went to a private school uh, at Whittier College in uh, Whittier, California, and we would, for sometimes for recess or for PE, we would go out to these places, uh, these open grass fields, and just play, you know, whatever games we wanted to play. But after a rainstorm would pass and it would still be cloudy out, I remember laying on the ground and just watching the clouds, not realizing that actually what you're doing is you're doing your own version of scrying. As a child, you don't realize this. As an adult, obviously you do. But it was always fascinating because I always managed to see different shapes, different things out of the clouds, never realizing that those shapes actually have certain meanings. Now, I don't have those meanings with me, unfortunately, um, but you can always go online and look up the meanings of different clouds that you see when cloud scrying. Sure. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. I, I enjoy it. Mirrors are another form of scrying and actually using a mirror to do what is known as mirror gazing or I'm going to hopefully I say this right cat op romani mm-hmm. which almost sounds like a top ramen of some sort it's really weird it is the technique of gazing into a mirror to try and bridge our world with the spirit realm now this perhaps is the most popular form of scrying and it is said patience is the key and that after a while supposedly you will start to see images and scenes emerge yeah I've definitely heard about this. You heard you. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Getting on this a little, not too long, but getting on this mirror stuff that they do. Um, the one thing that I learned about was a black mirror. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's like regular mirrors, and then you've got a black mirror, and I, I guess this black mirror is supposed to really help you get into that spirit realm of uh, that they talk about. Right. Uh, and what's really interesting is that from the instructions that I read, you're supposed to uh, <clears throat> light a candle. Um, and then I guess you could take a camera and you can angle it in a way to where you don't see the camera and you could take pictures and supposedly faces will start to emerge. Um, and when doing that study about the mirror, I actually learned something very interesting. And that is, is that I don't know if people still do it to this day, but back in the day, 
when somebody would pass away, someone in your family would pass away. You'd cover the mirror. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that. Do you know about that? I do. What do you know about that? Well, uh, from what I know, um, it, mirrors are also act, they act like portals and you try not to let the spirit cross back over into the realm. So you, you don't want to have, you know, you want to leave that covered because you don't want to leave a door open for something that can't, you know, doesn't have to be your loved one. It could be anything because it's, it's an open door. Right, right. I was told that all those, yeah, all those mirrors get covered up. Usually one mirror stays open and that is to allow that person's soul or spirit to be able to go through and be in that spirit realm. And I guess the mirrors covering like in a hallway or other rooms is like you said, so that the spirit or entity does not get lost right. within that realm or even within that home too. Um, I yeah. I know that the Jewish culture, when uh, someone passes away, they do that. It's uh, very common. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. The Jewish culture still does that to this day. Now, oil, as we mentioned earlier with the ancient Egyptians, oil was used to help foster the future. Um, though the use of a child was one, it was one of many ways to obtain knowledge from the other side. This practice has, like many others, evolved. So we've got pouring oil into a dish, uh, rubbing it on the body, coating it, uh, apparently can help create a reflective light for the scryer to observe. Lampidomancy, which is another name for oil scrying, can be traced back to ancient Babylonian times. I have never uh, actually witnessed anybody use oil before for some for a type of scrying, but um, I don't think it's too common these days. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know if it's as common as as it is with the mirror. Right. Um, but at the same time. Going back and looking at that movie, Clash of the Titans, where, where um, uh, I can't think of his name right now, <laughs> Perseus, Perseus when Perseus right uh, is taking on Medusa and he has to use something reflective, uh, yeah, to, to reflect it, that's where the idea of this actually subject popped in my head for. Um, but it's just interesting because like, there's no oil in that or whatever, but to different things and different uses of different reflective surfaces to use for uh, divination or scrying is just fascinating on every level. Now here's one for you. You are obviously a Game of Thrones fan, am I right? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So now you can probably name this person because I wouldn't be able to tell you to save my life. But I do. Uh, I have watched episodes of Game of Thrones and uh, a type of scrying that is actually shown on the show is called is fire scrying. Now, I don't know if you remember, it was, I want to say, like a Baratheon or... or well, I can tell you I haven't gotten that far. I'm <laughs> okay. still a little behind. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Behind. It's okay. So um, there's a scene in, in the show where uh, this... <laughs> hopefully the listeners can actually give me a full description of who this person is. This woman is in all red, um, and she's showing this man that he can be like a king or he can be like a, uh, a ruler, but mm -hmm. she's, she's having him look in the fire... Right. Okay. Oh, yes. I yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, perfect. Perfect. It was the last season I watched. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently that's a form called uh, fire scrying, mm -hmm. which is exactly as it sounds like. The scryer stares in the flames of the fire to see what sort of vision might appear. I mean, it's kind of cool because, you know, that, that show has a lot of uh, ancient magic that they use. Um, a lot of actually if you think about it there's some paranormal aspects to that show also right yeah and definitely. so for her for her to, to to have him look in the fire i i remember just going wow that that's fire scrying that's something that was actually used 
during medieval times, uh, during the Renaissance eras. And so I think it's really interesting. Um, there actually are pictures of people who have done fire scrying. And you'll see in the pictures, like maybe, hopefully they're not altered pictures, but you'll see like maybe an image of somebody or the body, the shape of something or someone. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I like that. I like that. <coughs> now, I had mentioned this beforehand, uh, a name that was mentioned early on, Nostradamus. Yep. Now, what do you know before I get into a little bit of this? Because I want to say I'm not going to go into like a conspiracy bender here, but we all know that there is a lot of speculation about this man and what he's known for. Um, what, what I learned made me really think about how sometimes a coincidence isn't always what it seems. Uh, these facts that I've learned have led me to believe that maybe there was or is some truth to his predictions. Um, now, Nostradamus, born December 14th, 1503, uh, died July 2nd, 1566. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but he actually predicted his own death. Yeah. Which I believe he died of gout, I want to say. I could be wrong. Listeners, if you hear this, please go ahead and let us know in the comments of when Nostradamus died, if you want to actually take the time to look it up. Uh, now, are you aware that he practiced divination? I was, yeah. Okay, awesome. Because he actually had to practice it at night. Do you know the reason why? No. That because the know. church wouldn't allow it. Uh-huh. It was. It had something to do with the fact that Christianity was really starting to build and grow, and because of that, um, they were looking at divination as a form of unChristianity, and so they were kind of like shunning people who would practice that, and so that's why Nostradamus had to actually do it uh, at night, away from the church. Now, have you heard of a thing called the Quatrains? Sounds familiar, but I can't place it. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, Nostradamus wrote over a thousand quatrains. That's a type of complete poem. Um, now, these poems were said to have predictions of the future and what was to come. Now, if you go online, you can find actually to this day, someone has copied and printed these quatrains. I mean, these are thousands and thousands and thousands of poems that have to be deciphered in order to get a prediction of the future. I mean, Again, this is all a lot of theory. This is all based on speculation and people interpretation. interpretation yes. And so to say that, you know, this stuff is is accurate, you can't say it is. Uh, but if you really go and look at some of this uh, information that these poems that were given out, uh, you start to kind of place certain historical. I cannot think of the word right now. I'm drawing a blank. Blank. <laughs> historical blank. Uh, certain historical events that have happened throughout centuries, you'll start to see that within these books, they kind of actually relate to the, the prediction of what was to happen. You, you have the assassination of Kennedy, uh, yep. the, the, the World Trade Center. Um, you have Hitler rising to power. Um, speaking of that, there's a... There's a fact that that's going around on well, not going around the line, but it's been online for a while where supposedly it was and I'm probably going to say this wrong, but it was Hitler's wife's like I want to say min, not minister, but like a, a someone within the ranks 
of of uh, of the Nazi Germanies. Right. Yeah, or maybe the family even um, that had found a book uh, full of these these the quatrains, the yeah, the poems. And um, the sad part about it is, is that it was then used for propaganda for the, for World War Two. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it just. It kind of sucks that like you have somebody who has all these predictions that may or may not be coming true, and then someone decides to take it and use it for a propaganda for the war to you know to advertise the war basically, right? You know, give him self righteousness. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> it's just sad to, to hear stuff like that. Um, so whether or not this is true. We will never really know for sure, except for the text of books that were left behind. But the problem is, is that, and like I said, the, this is one of the biggest problems, is that the text and books have to be deciphered just to understand one prediction. And this is thousands and thousands of poems. And just to understand one prediction, we have to decipher this whole entire thing. I mean, yeah. pretty much this whole Nicolas Cage national treasure kind of thing going on, you know? More elaborate, I believe, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, um, have you, when you were doing the research and, and doing uh, some insight on scrying, did you happen to come across the dangers of scrying? Yeah, that, that's also one of the reasons why I try, I, I, like I mentioned, I don't get involved, my, I don't put myself out there because uh, once you open a door, a door is open, uh, it's a door once opened, it's harder to close. So yeah, regarding mirrors as well, as mentioned, uh, you can essentially allow other things to come through. Um, the other thing too, uh, from what I, from what I've been researching, what I've learned, uh, some mirrors, when you do the scrying through, through mirrors, um, they often have reports of seeing yourself in the mirror with a different look, almost like he's trying to urge you to, to come or even pull you through. Um, there are different interpretations for it. Some say that they, they were trying to trade places with you and take your soul and, and once again, roam the land, uh, using your body. So right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, some, some dangers as, uh, has, has been, uh, explained. Absolutely. With any, any, uh, anything paranormal or divination wise, uh, there's always risk involved. Uh, now for Wiccans, it's the rule of three. Mm -hmm. Uh, for scrying or divination, it has more to do with what you said and mentally and physically preparing oneself. Um, so there's here's some things that maybe you could remember uh, before you just go jumping into your crystal ball here. The biggest thing, always learn the basics before attempting. That is whether you're investigating a paranormal uh, account or if you are trying to practice divination, you gotta always learn the basics. Just having an interest is not enough. Right. Remember, when doing this, you're allowing yourself to play with a double-edged sword. Now, how you said before about staring in the mirror and seeing a different face that is almost like beckoning you to come forward. That is part of that double-edged sword because you're, you're playing with something or you're messing with something that is not normal, that is not human. And for you to practice something like this without learning the basics, you're putting yourself in a lot of danger, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> those with uh, psychosis, uh, mental disorder, mm -hmm. that's a big no. Right. 
your mind is not secure enough to be able to withstand uh, what you're doing in a sense. Exactly. It makes you an easy target. Uh, and also those that have been diagnosed with a psychosis, um, it, it they become more in tune with divination, but at the same time, it makes them a very, very high risk. Uh, now, the dangers of attempting and doing scrying can consist of not preparing oneself physically and mentally, mm -hmm. clean up and daily balancing activities. Now, keeping a positive mind and surrounding yourself with well-rounded ethics, these things that are not done can result in serious repercussions to your health. Now, I have a, uh, a longtime friend of mine who I always talk about uh, karma. I always ask about questions uh, in relation to like um, uh, the money tree, putting like a penny on the tree and then it's supposedly supposed to bring you good luck. Um, and I had asked her one time about karma and how that the karma that you give out is the karma that you receive. Mm -hmm. And then if you give out that negative karma, you're going to get that negative back. And that actually can cause a problem on your health. Now, whether it's actually in relation to it that is uh, that is hard to determine because a lot of what we're talking about is considered still to be pseudoscience. Right. So yeah. there is no actual uh, uh, proof hard or proof. Yeah, that whether or not if you give out bad karma, you're going to get sick from it. But at the same time, like there are times where it kind of makes you wonder, like if the, if I did I give out negative karma, is that why I'm sick? Is that why I'm not feeling well? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Gabriel? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, there's different names for it. You know, different beliefs. Uh, karma is, uh, is, is one of them. Um, even in the Bible, Jesus says, "Do unto others as you would have them do unto you," which is a, another sense of karma. You, you know, you put out what you, you get back, get back what you put in. Um, another thing too is uh, even science. You know, um, uh, opposite forces, uh, a force applied upon itself. Uh, pushes back with the same might. Uh, so there's there's laws in physics that say whatever you put into it, you get back. So yeah, I believe that there is a balancing when it comes to to karma. You get what you put in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, a person who doesn't uh, uh, have well developed eth ethics will actually, uh, and again, this goes back to all the karma stuff, mm -hmm. shoot themselves in the foot for doing it in the first place. Yeah, you know, um, it's used if used if used for unethical per reasons, then be prepared for what may come back to you. Um, the uh, the rule of three and, and giving out what you give out is what you get back. Those are things that, again, you really have to take into consideration when attempting to do scrying. You have to respect it, really. It's not just taking it into consideration. You have to respect that. You have to not just you know, skim through the pages as it were. You have to understand and completely respect uh, the rules that you, you need to abide by. Uh, if you're any type of wavering with, you know, in trying to attempt these things, it's not, it may not work out to your benefit. Uh, yes. And another uh, potential danger to scrying is that like we, you had mentioned before, there is a good chance of confronting different aspects of yourself which you may not be prepared for. Mm. Um, not just seeing yourself in a different form, seeing yourself with something else in a different form. Yeah. And they say that if you were to see yourself with something else, whether it's a spirit or not, that's a high chance of an attachment. Mm -hmm. And the attachments usually start in the mind 
and work its way out to the body. So that's, yeah, that's that's a big, a big thing to also remember. Uh, when attempting to do scrying, fully aware that you are opening a gateway, like you had said, to anything and everything. So in return, that's exactly what you're going to get. Now, you've heard the word obsession, yeah. correct? Which is an idea or a thought that is continuously preoccupied or intrudes a person's mind. Well, the same goes with scrying. See, there's this whole idea that you could actually become obsessed with the practice that you're doing because once you're in that realm, that spiritual realm, it's like going to a whole different country. You're very observant with everything that's going on. You're trying to figure out what to do next. You want to go somewhere, but you don't know where to go. And then once you figure that out and you come out of it, there's an over, over like a sense of overwhelming through your body that makes you want to go back. And that's a problem. It's actually, yeah, 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 it almost becomes an addiction. That's right. And so when that happens, it's an indication that you, the scryer, are no longer in full control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And again, that puts you in a very dangerous spot. So these are some of the many discovered dangers I came across. Let me ask you, listener, do you know any other dangers when it comes to scrying? If so, please leave a comment. I would love to mo know more about the dangers of scrying or divination in general. So we're getting pretty close to the end here. We're going to do a last little thing I like to call final thoughts. And basically, I just want to get your final thoughts on this subject of scrying before we end the show. Okay, well, scrying, uh, as I mentioned, I didn't know the word when it first came up, but uh, I believe it's a thing. I believe that there are people who are more in tune and more capable, of course, as mentioned before as well. Uh, you have to be strong mind and strong willed, have a, a good sense of who you are. That way you can be grounded and, uh, you know, less in danger of uh, losing yourself or being uh, attracted to, to or by something. It's it's a dangerous world, even a other world. You know, you just want to be safe, be, you know, be careful and uh, don't let your curiosity get the best of you. And the last question I have for you, Gabriel, actually, I want to say two-part question here. Would you go on an investigation, a paranormal investigation, and also, if the investigation involved a mirror, would you attempt to do it? I would go on an investigation. Uh, mirrors, again, I, I am pretty confident in myself. I, I am strong-willed. I have a good head. I'm just... I still have that, that paranoia in a sense of uh, just I don't want to invite something that... I was, I'm not prepared for, but I, I know who I am. I have a, a strong mind, strong willed. Uh, I know that I could survive it still something that you may not have control over. So that's more of an if question. Um, it will. Well, what if question. it was the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California, the Marilyn Monroe mirror that they still have in the hotel? If given the opportunity to do an investigation in a room, just you and the mirror for like seven minutes of heaven, would you, would you do it? By myself? Huh? <laughs> yeah, there's the thing. There's the thing. You know, what's funny is my curiosity might get the better of me because I'd want to know and I'd want to see and I want to experience it. I'd be leaning toward, you know, towards, yeah, I guess I got to try it out. I got to see myself. It's still one of those things that I, I battle with every time I think about it. You know, would I, could I? But it's just, I guess, because there are so many things we just don't know. Uh, that's what makes me hesitant. If uh, for certain I knew exactly what would I see, what would I, what would happen? How would I be at the end? The, you know, one can never know, but uh, that is something that I guess uh, I, I would want to, I guess, to experience myself just to get a, a firsthand experience on it. That's that's a big thing. Everybody that I've ever talked to always talks about, like, you know, eventually their curiosity is going to kick in and they're going to want to see 
something happened. And uh, you know, and I know that nothing always happens. Uh, right. You know, it's a patient type thing. And that's yeah. what sucks, though, is that when something doesn't happen and you want it to happen or you want to prove to yourself that it's real, and then you start to have doubts and it starts to become disappointing. And, you know, it just, it does suck. It does, because yeah. it's a patient game. It really is a patient game. All right, well, my final thoughts is, is that it's amazing to think that even the simplest of things, such as water, mirrors, fire, almost anything with a reflective surface can be used as a means for the paranormal. When I think about that, any reflective surface, I also think about the fact that they uh, it's talked about modern day, uh, to this day in the modern day world, people still, still scry, or scry, not scryer, sorry, scry. And that is our phones, our TVs, our computers. See, scrying is to peep into uh, the future, to kind of get an idea of what our future is supposed to be or what's going to happen in the future. Mm. We do that with our cell phones. When we want to look up something that we don't know, we, we end up going on Google. Uh, when we want to get information about what the weather's going to be like, we watch TV. We're getting information of future ideas or future things that are going to happen or that we want to happen. And the same goes with scrying. And it's amazing that we, that we don't even realize it, but we scry every single day, mm-hmm. especially through technology. But I will say this. This is not a game. When you're partaking in these practices, you are allowing yourself to open up, not just mentally, but physically also. The thing I feel people don't understand is that this is real and that it's dangerous. I say this warning now in hopes that you, the listener, will take a moment to really think about the type of world you're going to be putting yourself in if you choose to attempt or practice scrying. And the last thing I want to have for a final thought here is... Isn't it crazy to think that there is a paranormal realm in a mirror and every day when you wake up and you use the restroom and you get yourself ready to go to work or anything else, you have a mirror in your bathroom. You ever stop to think that maybe they're looking at us as we look in the mirror? I do. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Every day I have that thought. Well, let's get some announcements here before we take off here. Make sure to tune into the next episode where I will be discussing a subject that has been talked about a lot throughout the years. Now, you've seen them in movies. You've read about them in fairy tales and folklore. So now it's my turn to open up this can of worms and see what we can find. I'm talking about witches, listeners. That's right. Into the Void will be having another series, only in two parts all in the realm of witches and Wicca, along with a live interview with a real witch. So stay tuned, keep an eye out on all our social media pages, and speaking of social media, if you haven't already, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at voidpodcast18, Facebook at podparanormal87, and our Twitter page at nightwingsilver. So once again, Gabriel, thank you so much for coming out and doing this episode with us. It has been a blast and you've given us a lot of information. So thank you. And as always, I'm G-Man and I just want to say thank you for falling with me into the void. We'll catch you next time.